Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I have a very, very fascinating individual from Canada, Mr. Mark Champagne, with us. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ash. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Mark is uh, a mental fitness strategist. Uh, he's the author of uh, a book titled Personal Socrates, and he's the host of a podcast uh, which is titled Behind the Human. So, uh, Mark, let's start our conversation with your uh, mental fitness strategist role. Help <laughs> me understand what is a mental fitness strategist? It's a good question, Ash, because I, I mean, I, I didn't know that either. That it, it was the reason why, uh, as far as I know, I, I came up with that term, at least for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the catalyst for that was that I was always struggling to figure out how to combine two passions of mine that, that really fuel my work. And, and one being I spent, we were talking before we hit record, but in the, in the pharmaceutical industry, I spent the majority of my time in brand management mm-hmm. uh, in, in that role. And it was a, essentially a strategist. And, and that's the role that really lit me up, mm-hmm. essentially taking complex problems and trying to simplify them right and getting a team behind you mm-hmm. um, and then the other side of, of my world is surrounded around mental fitness mm-hmm. and how we can train our minds to be clear and intentional and, and essentially show up and perform at our best personally and professionally right so the combination of those two worlds uh, is a mental fitness strategist because mm-hmm. if you think of our lives and our work, I mean, those are some of the, the most complex scenarios that we can be faced with, right? So how can we then take mental fitness training and these practices like meditation, journaling, breath work, they've been around since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. How do we take those and use them to, to simplify and make our lives even better? Incredible. So for our viewers and listeners, can you share with me uh, an example of the kind of work you're doing without names? And sure. what was the result? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the most I, the, the most recent and I mean, I can I can sh- share the name if you'd like or if if, uh, if it's Not helpful, really. but no. no? Okay. No. Um, the, the the team I'd worked with this was a couple weeks ago, actually, you know, it's a um, it's a team out in the U.S. where they their whole organization is essentially starting to come back to work or back to the office, right? right? Mm. And uh, it depends on where you are in the world. Obviously, everyone's at, at different stages in, in this journey right now. Um, and they were interested in, in understanding, well, how can we leverage mental fitness to prepare our minds for that return? Mm. Since everyone's at different phases, right? Some people right. are comfortable, some people are not. And it's just, you know, the practices are, are the same, or I should say that the, the, the philosophy behind the practice are the same for any situation. Mm-hmm. It's just taking those examples uh, and, and, and applying them in the best way we can. So right. the example would be that, okay, if you're heading back to work or if you're in a situation that is creating some anxiety or tension, mm-hmm. well, we can first pause to realize that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Right. So how, how am I feeling right now? Where is that showing up in my body? Um, and then understand what's fueling that mm-hmm. and then shift into some prompts or some questions that will help fo- refocus us on what we can control. 
mm. right? We can't control necessarily how our jobs have changed or how our our, our work titles have may have shifted and how our day day to day operations uh, have shifted, but we can control how we react to those situations, mm. right? So it's again, you know, in in its simplest form, it's just taking some time. I suggest early in the morning before you start your day individually to just check in with yourself mm-hmm. and and ask some questions to reframe your mind so that you when you enter into the day you're not entering into into the day with all that emotional clutter or that mental uh you know stress that pours into your day and how you think mm. fascinating so uh there you know as far as mental fitness is concerned and i'm sure you are experiencing this there are two sides one is pre-pandemic and one is post-pandemic. Sure. I'd love to get your perspective on the kind of challenges you have seen amongst people before the pandemic and after the pandemic. Well, that's a great question. I mean, it, like I said, the taking time to slow down and, and think essentially mm-hmm. is what, you know, what I talk about a lot or just using the practice of reflection, for example. Mm-hmm. And you know this working in the different areas that you have. If mm-hmm. the people that are performing at the top are thinking, right? Like it's really hard to make smart, logical and clear decisions when our minds are, are fogged with fear or uncertainty or anxiety and all of that stuff. It's, it's hard to see the path forward, mm-hmm. right? It's not impossible. But it's hard and it's challenging to to live like that. So what what I've noticed is that because of the pandemic, you know, we've all been forced into a pause of mm-hmm. some sorts, right? So there's there are more people actually taking time to think about these bigger questions. Mm-hmm. My hope, though, is that since the pandemic has given that uh, experience, let's say, and opened up a lot of different people to the power of these these practices or taking time to think that people will stick with them because we don't need before the pandemic what i would see would would be you take off in your life you'd hit a wall of some sort life explodes right and then now you're forced into reflection and right. you don't you don't necessarily always have to wait for these catalytic events i.e. a pandemic or or big life altering situations right. to Keep the mind healthy, be clear, and, and know that you're you're living with intention, doing the things that light you up, for example. Very interesting. And uh, when again, when it comes to mental fitness, one is work-related sure. and the other is personal. And personal could be, you know, personal relationships or health. What are some of the areas that you are seeing in the people you work with? What do you mean? the areas of focus uh, yeah when what are the areas of or the challenges you begin to see because one is mental fitness on account of challenges at work the mm-hmm. others are mental fitness for me personally which could either be in my relationships or in relate with regard to my own health conditions well i think it all links to the same thing i mean you know especially when you think of your work or in the professional setting, what is nice to see is that companies are, are, are starting to acknowledge that our personal lives obviously have a huge impact in our professional lives. Correct. So for me, again, it, everything starts and stops at the mind. I mean, if we, if we've, if we want to eat better, if we want to exercise more, it's our, our minds are the things making this, the decision, for example. Right. So, right. 
it the baseline starts on a personal level um, but then it, it, it spills over to everything else. Like I said, it's hard to do your best work mm-hmm. when your mind isn't thriving or, or, or doing well. So I would encourage people to just, you know, the easiest way to do this is to think about who are you right now? You know, what? how would you define yourself and in, in, in the work that makes you happy, the relationships that make you happy? Like, where are you at right now? And, and who are you striving to become? Mm-hmm. Not to say that there's a massive gap, but just we often don't think about this. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're, we're put onto autopilot, essentially, of, of life, right? And then that's when you get into these scenarios where, where things start to explode at one point because we've never given any thought to these type of questions. Okay. So if we can figure out, okay, where are we at now? Where would we like to go? Because we're always, you know, we're always striving to be better and, and, and more present. And, you know, everyone's different, but we, we all have for the most part that ambition and then you can start filling in the gap right with okay well if i if i want to you know do this work or be this person or have these experiences in life who do i need to speak with mm-hmm. what kind of what, what what does the average day need to look like to get there mm-hmm. right and that's when it gets into acting and thinking with intention instead of just flowing through on on default for example but you have to get clear first that's what you've probably noticed this given the, the, the number of podcasts you've done with, 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 uh, with very interesting people. But I've noticed this on my show. I mean, mm-hmm. all of those guests spend time getting clear, mm-hmm. right? And then they act with intention. Anyways. And then the, right? then the, actually the third step that happens in that whole process, and that's, that's what links to the book, is that by default, there's an expansion of possibility, because you can, again, you can see what's there in front of you. Whereas before it might've been there, but your, your, your mind was too fogged with those relationships that weren't working well, or the emotions that were mm. bothering you or all the decisions that you have to make. Fascinating. So I was going to ask you a question on meditation and yoga, but I think I'll take it in the next segment, which is about your book versus sure. Socrates. So tell me about the book and what was your motivation to write it? Well, the book, the book came about after starting a journaling app mm-hmm. about three or four years ago, which at the time there just, there wasn't, there wasn't anything that existed that guided people into journaling practice. You had meditation apps that were starting like the headspaces of and the comms of the world and insight timer and whatnot. Um, but there was nothing that existed for met, for, uh, for journaling. So I left that corporate world, left the, the pharmaceutical world to create that app and with mm-hmm. a team. And, and we did, and we reached millions of people with it, which I'm you know, very proud of. Mm-hmm. But from a business perspective, it didn't work. Financially, mm-hmm. we had to shut it down. And mentally, we're at our, at our, at our max as well. Mm-hmm. But what, what was obvious after reaching you know, over 80 million people with this app was that people were interested in the, in the flow of taking time to think and using powerful questions to do so. And I've noticed that I had a pra- I've had a practice like that since essentially graduating university, um, and I wanted to keep going in that work. So the app was deleted, which was essentially uh, a huge. That was the explosion in my life, let's just say. Um, and the idea to write a book around profiling different people that all of us would know, as well as people that you know I've been fortunate enough to interview over the years, and figuring out. What are the questions that we can reflect on based on 
you know, Picasso's work or, you know, Maya Angelou or Kobe Bryant, you know, some of the profiles in the book. And again, just meet people, meet people where they're at in their lives right now, because mm. that's when it works. You know, you, like you and I can can share our, our r- rituals and routines that that help us, but that doesn't necessarily relate to the the person on the other side. They, we all have different lives and, and different, you know, days. So that's the intent of the book. The book is full of about, I think there's about 40 or so profiles. They're short, they're two to four pages. So again, you can, you can read that in the morning that can start your day. They're loaded full of questions to help us pause and think. Um, and then also a ton of different practices based on these, these individuals that can just help us again, get clear and, 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 you know, ensure our minds are, are thriving. Right. So, you know, when I was reading about you and uh, about your book, I picked up five specific points where you said that we can expect the following after reading your book. And I'm going to ask sure. you to help me explain, uh, understand these with, and maybe an anecdote or an example. Yeah. The first one was that you said it can help us to get a personalized mental fitness routine. Yes, absolutely. So that's essentially what we've been, t- well, what we just talked about now, but how we're all different. So mm-hmm. the idea being that the, the most critical first step, I think, for anyone, that if you're not doing any type of fitness for your mind, is to identify the, the activities or actions or people in your lives that you know put a smile on your face and make you feel good Mm -hmm. again for some people that might be yoga meditation journaling Mm -hmm. you know exercising uh calling a friend but to identify those five or ten things then you have those tools in your in your bag essentially when stuff happens in the day Mm -hmm. that you can Mm -hmm. immediately turn to so that's the start of building a personalized routine that works for you then it's identify when to do it and Mm -hmm. when that works for you Interesting. And then the second one was where you speak about developing morning rituals for the day. Um, You have spoken about meditation, you have spoken about uh, breathing, but uh, take us through some of the morning rituals that you think we should be following. Well, I think, you know, the morning is is definitely probably the most critical period because Mm -hmm. it's you know, it's before life happens, essentially, right? It gives us the best chance to succeed in, mm-hmm. in any of these practices. And again, you know, just keeping it open for people. But I would say, if you're, if you're, if you're interested in starting this work, mm-hmm. you, can, you can look at three different buckets. And this is, this is something I've learned over the years from uh, a well-known author. I'm sure you know of him as well, Robin Sharma, mm-hmm. and his work. And, you know, Robin o- often talks about Spending time in reflection, so still the mind, spending Mm. time learning, and then spending time moving your body. Mm. So, you know, if you're, as you're identifying, identifying those items on your list Mm. of of the things that make you feel good, try to fill those buckets, right? For me, it's getting up, I get up around 5.30, actually I'm reading Robin's latest book. Um, So that was on my desk to start Mm. the morning off, a few pages out of there. But while writing in the book or in my own notebook to, to, to immediately apply mm. what you're reading, right? That's, that's where the combination of, of the learning and reflection comes in and really allows uh, things to unlock. And then just moving the body. This morning, I didn't really feel like doing anything intense, but I, I stretched and just moved and, and got the body flowing and, and loose. 
And uh, actually right before that, I did a round of breath work. So, you know, those are the things that are, those change for me on a weekly basis or it definitely over the years that breath work wasn't something that was in, in my ritual, but it's something that, that I came across that works. The key Ash is to, is to prioritize the time, right? To start that in the morning and then, and then be open, mm. give yourself permission to try different things. And I guess the other factors that is very important with morning rituals, and I'm a morning person myself, is to not uh, do it for a few days and then stop it and then start all over again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, th so that, you know, start small, right? Mm. For people just starting, take 10, 10 minutes. Correct. Just take some big deep breaths and maybe read uh, a book that you know will uh, set you off and prime your mind for the day. Well said. And then let's move to the evening where you say that a calming and clearing evening uh, set of wind down practices. Yeah. Well, I think the morning and the evening are, are some of the most important times. Because what happens in the middle usually is out of our control in, in many ways, right? Mm -hmm. But what we do in the morning and what we do in the evening dictates how we feel in that whole middle piece of the day, mm. right? So for the evening, um, you know, something people can do is just taking, again, 10 minutes and pen, paper uh, is ideal. So you're, that way you're, you're, you're not picking up a device and, and messing up your uh, circadian rhythm to sleep, mm -hmm. for example, mm. um, with the lights. But if you take a pen and paper and just, just ask yourself, you know, what what do I want to accomplish tomorrow? Mm -hmm. What are, what are my top two or three things that I want to work on so that you can release that from your mind before going to sleep. So it's not spinning, thinking about that. And then most importantly, the question, uh, that I think, uh, we should always, always ask, and there's so many different variations of this, but just what can I celebrate about the day? That's it. Mm. Right. And just cause there's, there's so many things that happen each day that, you know, often we, we, we pick on the, the, the negative things or the things mm. that bother us. But there are a lot, a lot of great moments and, and micro moments of reflection mm. that we can uh, identify that, again, put our mind in a, in a happy place, in a positive state. Mm. So when we go to sleep, you know, we're, we're having a good quality sleep and we wake up happy mm. as well. Wonderful. And then the next point is that you speak about tools to de-escalate emotionally charged situations. Yes. Uh, help me understand some of these tools. Well, as you, as you put together your consistent training in the morning, mm -hmm. what'll typically happen is that you'll be exposed to more and more of these tools mm -hmm. so that then when something happens in the day, for example, you can pull out, uh, some stoic philosophy you know there are a couple profiles in the book one ryan holiday one marcus aurelius for example that have questions and practices like uh recentering or re uh, regrounding type practices mm -hmm. so let's say something comes up in the day that really bothers you and you're you're emotionally charged mm -hmm. if you just take a pause one big deep breath right just that alone, we don't breathe properly most of the time. We're crunched, you know, crunched down, for example. So just sit up straight, take a deep breath, and then just ask the question, is the energy I'm giving this situation worth it? Mm. Right? Or what is within my control? Mm. And just just question, two questions like that, immediate release, probably 90% of what's bothering you in that situation because then you can be refocused to... Yeah, I can control these two things, and and if I do that, the situation will get better. 
So those, you know, that's just one example, but there, there are so many different uh, use cases that, again, as you go through the practices, you'll find the things that work well for you, and then you'll be able to deploy them because you'll, you'll have the self-awareness to realize when you're in those heightened states of, of emotion. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So, you know, just a little uh, anecdote for you on breathing from India, where, which yes. yoga and all came, is that, you know, uh, my mother, my mother-in-law all, always used to say, take long breaths because the number of breaths that you have are counted. Oh, so I like that. don't uh, waste them by taking yes. short breaths. I love that. See, that's just a great, you know, that'll stick, that sticks in my mind. So I'll, re- you know, that it's things like that, that I love. Cause then you remember those little examples, right? right. And you can catch yourself. Isn't love it. it. Wonderful. Well, thanks to your grandma. <laughs> so uh, let me move now to the last segment of our conversation. I'd like to talk to you about the podcast. Sure. I have, uh, you know, a few minutes. So tell me what uh, is the, what is your logic of starting a podcast title behind the human? Mm-hmm. And uh, what are you hoping to achieve with it? Well, the podcast originally started in combination with the journaling app that I was mentioning. And it was actually called Kyo Conversations because the app was called Kyo, which mm-hmm. was the Japanese translation for the word today. Okay. We were trying to help people slow down today and get the most out of the day. And the when, when we shut down the app, I realized that, you know, this, the podcast was just so valuable in terms of, of well, and, and you know, this connecting with great people and, and sharing their stories and whatnot, that you know, I had to keep it going. So I rebranded the show to Behind the Human because essentially what I was doing or what I continue to do with the show is really unpack the mental fitness practices and specifically a lot of the reflective questions behind that human, right? Because we always hear the stories of their success, whether they're, you know, athletes or business, uh, you know, executives and so forth. But, you know, what, tell me what you do to keep your mind healthy in all of these wild scenarios because you know you mentioned yoga and then we we can talk about meditation but like those practices and the people that are involved in those spaces Mm. they understand the importance of the of those practices and and they've been there whereas a lot of people have no idea that so many different practices do exist just like asking questions Mm. so that's my goal with the show is to bring on people that you wouldn't expect to be Mm. talking about these things Mm. you know whether they're writers or designers or or developers i mean we all ask questions it's just are we asking the best ones and are they well timed and there are they of quality that's the, the goal of the show is to provide the listener on the other side with, with a different perspective. Fascinating. And my last question to you, uh, and I'll come back to your book, and this is for our viewers and listeners. Is this book available on Amazon and other platforms? Absolutely. Yeah, it's available worldwide. It's uh, Amazon is probably the easiest place to find it. But the publisher specifically, who is Baron Fig, mm-hmm. they they create really nice quality notebooks mm-hmm. and different pens and whatnot. And so it, they actually, it's actually available at their website as well. Okay. But I'd say I've got all the links to all the purchase options as well mm-hmm. as my podcast and where you can find me over at um, BehindTheHuman.com. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Mark, on that note, uh, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure speaking to you. 
thank you for talking to me at such length on mental fitness and uh, what you are doing to help so many people. Thank you for talking about your book, Personal Socrates. And thank you for talking to me about your podcast, Behind the Human. Thank you again and good luck. Thanks, Ash. It was real. Um, it was a real pleasure and, and love your energy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.